Hi, this is Pastor Bob. We're continuing what we started yesterday on glorification, and that is the fact today we're going to talk about a glorified body. That will come at the resurrection or the rapture of the church, and a glorified body will not only by position places above angels, but by creation above angels will sit with Jesus Christ in heaven. No angel has that position. Wow, I'm excited. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. So glad that you are here today. We took up a subject starting yesterday on the fact of glorification. In fact, I'm teaching out of my book called Theology Simplified. This is that good looking cover. And uh, anyway, great book, and it's been, become one of my favorites and one of our best sellers too. It takes the word of God and takes complicated things and makes them simple. That's what God is good at. The Bible is not so complicated you can't miss it that you can't understand it. In fact, I, from what I've heard, you know, people say the Bible is so simple we need help to misunderstand it. And we've had a lot of help from religion and different doctrines and theologies and stuff of men. But it comes back to this, God, if you don't understand it, pray. Once the revelation comes, you go, well, that was simple. I thought it was gonna be complicated. No, nothing in the Bible is complicated. And what's complicated is God keeps a secret till we get to heaven, then he'll explain it, but it's not necessary for life down here. And so we're talking about glorification. And we started out with the book of Ephesians in chapter one and talk about the fact of all the things that have been done for us before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, based on God's foreknowledge of me accepting him as Lord and Savior, he laid my whole life out and planned it for it. If I don't accomplish it, it's because he didn't set it there. I didn't follow it. So again, from the moment that, that he saw me accept Jesus, he saw me saved. He saw me sanctified. He saw me walking in, in the things of God. But also the last thing he saw, he saw me glorified. All of those have been fulfilled in my life. When I accepted Jesus, God didn't have to throw a plan together. The plan was there before the foundation of the world. Uh, when I begin to grow in the things of God, become more like his image every day, those things were planned before the foundation of the world. And those things have been being accomplished in my life and have been accomplished in my life. One of them that has yet to be accomplished in my life is Romans chapter eight, that I will be glorified. But it's not the fact I will be, it says, I was glorified. God sees it as a done deal. When it happens, it will not be because God suddenly threw a plan together. I am fulfilling what God saw before the foundation of the world. And God even sees what is yet to come in my life as already done. And so this is what happens when I get saved. And so uh, we've been talking about, in fact, we ended yesterday's broadcast talking about the fact that you and I are part of the church that will be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus. We are not the bride yet, but we will be. When we go to heaven, we'll go before the judgment seat of Christ. And during those seven years that we are up there going through that, the earth will be going through tribulation. But at the end of those seven years, I'm going to come back with the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 19 as a bride adorned for her husband. And I'll be coming back with the rest of the church. At that time, again, we will be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not Old Testament saints. It's not tribulational saints. They have other positions in heaven, but the church is literally called the bride of Christ. So Hebrews chapter one and verse 14 says this, are they not all, these are uh, angels, ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those 
who inherit salvation, that's us. So what this verse is saying is, it goes back to uh, chapter eight or the eighth Psalm, where it says that uh, man was made below the level of angels, but was crowned with glory and honor and given dominion on the earth. By creation, in this body we're in right now, by creation, we are below angels. But once we receive Jesus by position, we're above angels. Again, we're not by creation equal with angels. They're far beyond us. Angels can travel at the speed of thought from heaven to earth, just like that, from heaven to the ends of the universe, just like that. It doesn't matter how far the distance, the amount of time to get there is the same because they simply think it and they are there. And that's what angels do. They have a, they, a incredible, incredible strength, incredible power. One angel can slay thousands of men in this earth in battle. But yet on the other hand, an angel can take care of us and do things we can't do. And verse 14 here of Hebrews 1 says, during the church age, angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for us who inherit salvation. Now here's the point. One day when I have a resurrection body, then by creation and by position, I will be higher than angels and I'll sit with Jesus on the throne of God, but I'll have a resurrection body that can do anything an angel can do. I be from one place to another. I can exist on earth, exist in, in the atmosphere. I can exist in outer space and exist in heaven. It doesn't really matter. I won't need to eat, but I can eat. I don't need to breathe, but I can breathe. Again, these are all the wonderful things a resurrection body will do. On that day, we will receive our highest estate called glorification. Our glorified state will also be greater than angels, the messenger angels, or the seraphim, or the cherubim. We are part of God's family, sons and daughters. No angel is a member of God's family. No angel is seated next to Jesus in heaven by the throne of God. We are seated at the right hand of God because we're in Jesus Christ himself. So we're seated with God and Jesus on the throne. No angel sits with the Godhead on the throne. We will rule and reign with Jesus Christ on earth during the millennial reign. No angel ever rules or sits alongside of Jesus Christ himself. But we are now redeemed and we are in Christ. No angel is ever said to be redeemed and no angel is ever said to be in Christ. I mean, we can go through this thing over and over again, but this is one thing we have to look forward to is our eventual resurrection body. So also as the church, we're gonna be greater in heaven in our uh, resurrection bodies along with their resurrection bodies, but also greater in heaven by position than any of the other saints because we will be seated with him. You say, well, that's favoritism. Yes, God does. He favored the church. We are part of a, t a time period that was called the mystery, unknown in the Old Testament, revealed in the New Testament when we're taken out, the mystery time will be over. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's the church. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trump will be taken out of this earth and taken into heaven. Revelation chapter seven, we're gonna take a look at four verses out of this chapter. Verse nine, verse 10, verse 14, verse 15. Let's start with verse nine. After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne of God and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to his lamb. Notice they're not seated on the throne, they're in front of the throne. For verse 14, these are the ones who came up out of great tribulation, washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the lamb. Notice this, they are as saved as we are, but they're not part of the church. They stand in front of the throne. 
And it says again, they're the ones who came out of great tribulation. So during the great tribulation, they receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They are martyred during that time. It's possible to be born again in the tribulation and come through the tribulation in your natural body and populate the earth during the millennial reign of Jesus. And we're told this in the word of God. And Jesus talked about, he said, those who come through the tribulation. He said, those that come out on the other side, those that endure those hard times that come out will be saved. And the word means to be spared. There will be people born again during the time of the tribulation who will not be part of the church, but will endure to the end of the tribulation, manage to stay alive, and then go into the millennium and have children in the millennium because there'll be people during the millennium in resurrection bodies. That's us in heaven and coming to earth with Jesus Christ, but also those in natural bodies on the earth having children during that 1,000 year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, these are the ones who came out of great tribulation, washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. Listen, I'm, I would rather sit with Jesus on the throne than to be in front of him serving him. But this fact is they're still in heaven. I don't know why all this stuff exists. I can't get down into every detail. I can simply quote to you what is here. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. I don't dwell among God, I sit right beside him. I am on the throne with him in heaven. So again, God sees us in this position even right now. I don't have to wait till that time for God to see me there. God sees me there even right now. Hebrews chapter two. Let's take a look at verses 10 through 13. Hebrews chapter two, verse 10 through 13. It says, it was a fitting thing for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain or the leader of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies, that's Jesus Christ, and those who are being sanctified, that's us, are all from one. We're all from God the Father. For which reason he, that is Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the midst of the church, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. I want you to notice this. While we're on this earth, it says, I'll declare your name. That's the Father's name. It says to my brethren, in the midst of the church, I'll sing praises to you. That's to God. Notice this, while we're here and we're in the church on the earth, the church ceases to exist when we go to heaven, okay? We'll be part of the family of God again, but the body of Christ and the church will be gone. And so that's while I'm here. But notice while I'm here in the church, God is simply saying this verse of scripture, Jesus Christ comes to dwell in the church. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of them. Right now here on earth, the closest I can come to heaven is going to church, all right? In my daily life, wonderful knowing Jesus Christ, but coming and being around all the saints of God, singing praises of God. In fact, Jesus inhabits the praises of his people. So he comes and he inhabits those praises and is with us. But one day we're gonna go up to his place and inhabit his place. And I'll be there forever and forever in heaven. I will be with Jesus in heaven. I will be seated on the throne with him in heaven. I will declare the name of Jesus Christ to all that are there and will sing his praises forever and forever. Right now he's in my presence. One day I'll be in his presence forever and forever. What a thing we have to look forward to. Right now he can still identify with us 
and he knows the troubles I'm going through. He knows the trials I'm going through. And he bears those things with me. In fact, the Bible says he carries the griefs with us. He knows how to put himself in our position because he was there for the 33 years he was here. He knows what I'm going through and empathizes with me, but also helps me. Not only can he feel what I'm going through, know what I'm going through, but he can bring me out of it. And it says right now in this verse of scripture, I will put my trust in him. Why? Because here is where I need him. And here is where I need to put my trust in him and to walk with him. And one day I will be with him in heaven. And listen, at that time, he won't have to identify with me. I'll identify with him forever and forever. I will even have a body like his, a resurrection body like his. The coming of Jesus Christ, again, first of all, for the church will change us and give us a resurrection body where I will be with Jesus Christ forever and forever. Right now, I'm in a natural body, but this body is only temporary. One day I will have an eternal body, which will never wear out. It's the day that I'm with uh, in the rapture of the church when I'm with him. Saints that have died before me and gone into heaven are not in a resurrection body. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, that if we looked into heaven as Paul did in that verse scripture, he said, I looked into heaven and saw the spirits of just men made perfect. In heaven, we are in spirit form, but one day we will have even a body made just like that of the Lord Jesus Christ and will be a resurrection body that will last forever and forever. In other words, you think what's happened to you has been good? The best is yet to come. You think salvation and being filled with the spirit is great? The best is yet to come. When we come back from the break, we'll talk more about it. Be sure and get a copy of the book, Theology Simplified. You're gonna be blessed. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. The purpose of God's heart for giving is to be a guidebook to scriptural giving, returning believers to the highest reason for godly prosperity, giving to the work of the local church and to the great commission of winning souls. When we give with the right motive, our personal prosperity is a return on giving out of love for God and a love for people. When we give our temporary money into an offering, it will produce eternal results in the lives of others. God's heart for giving is made up of 52 short outlines that make up a thought, not a sermon. These giving inspirations can be divided into more individual thoughts or can be made into a full teaching for a later sermon or series on giving. To order God's heart for giving, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, 
healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. There's a time at the end of Paul's books, you know, I think of a second uh, Timothy, when he made mention of all those. At the end of most books, he wrote down the pastors here, the church here, those whose uh, church is in their house, the house of so-and-so. And he just mentioned even people by name that, you know what, we don't know who they are. Paul did. And I could mention names here that, you know, supporters of me that you wouldn't even know, but I know them. And I just want you to know, I'm so grateful, so thankful for you guys are such a blessing to me. The fact I'm sitting here, the fact I have all this camera equipment, I mean, I can thank God for it, but you know what, I also thank you because you're the ones that made it possible. God spoke to you. I trust that the ones who are giving to my ministry, you bear witness with me, or you just made a simple decision. I like that ministry and that's why you support me. And the books I put out are all for your edification to train you and raise you up and make you a disciple. I'm not here for me. Man, I'd just love to know I got to heaven and set up another generation following after God. And that would be the greatest thing. A legacy is so important. You have a natural legacy. You have children, you have a family, you have a business, and you look at that, how much good has come out of that. But natural legacies come to an end. Spiritual legacies do not. The results of your giving into this ministry are eternal. And I want to thank you again for it. You're such a blessing to me. If you're not a member of that great team that I call partners with me, I know it's a un, it's an overused term, partners, but you know what? I mean, it's like we're on the, how many of you know if you're in a boat and you're rowing, it'd be nice to have somebody beside you to help you row. And it'd be nice to get a third and fourth one in there. And pretty soon you have a ship because the ministry gets so big. You just need a whole group of rowers. You get three, I mean, you saw those Roman ships with three levels and we can be, have all levels of rowers in this thing, you know? It's not the fact that you give a ton of money. It's the fact you give what God lays on your heart or your purpose in your own heart or you're being blessed. You think about this ministry, give to it. It's all those people put together that make such a great and important thing. Oftentimes people hear about somebody gave a big offering to my ministry. Do you know what? All the people together give more than the one person did, but we seem to amplify the great, huge offerings somebody sends in. And again, I'm thankful for small offerings. I'm thankful for big offerings, but I'm not more thankful for a big offering than a small one, because you know what? If it's the widow's might that you're giving, you're just throwing there as part of everybody else. And we take what God brings in and God multiplies it, uses it in people's lives. And we will all stand before the throne of God. And God will not say to us, well done, good to faithful servant. And then look at somebody else that gave more money and say, uh, you know, thank you, good and more faithful servant. No, we're all going to receive the same commendation, whether we had the 10 talents or the five talents, or if you come to God with one or two talents, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over much. This is the few things, the money you give into this, this ministry, the prayers you make, that's the few things, but those few things will eventually pay off in eternal rewards. He'll make you rulers over much. If you're not a, a member of that group, my partnership, would you please do so? I know many of you, you know, I've heard this before. People said, you know, I knew for some time I was supposed to, I just didn't do it. Some of you out there already know you should be giving into my ministry and you have the mind to do it, but you always start thinking, well, I might need it for this. I might need it for that. You're not going to get to heaven and say, well, I'm glad I kept my money down there. No, you can say, I wish I'd have put more into the kingdom of God when you see what, what your giving did accomplish. So would you please go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place where there you can become a member of that great team of partners supporting me. Thank you so much. I thank God for his power. I thank God for his calling, but I thank you 
for your faithfulness to stand beside me with prayers and financial giving into this ministry. Hebrews chapter two, we're again talking about the day we have a resurrection body. We will receive our resurrection body the moment that Jesus Christ comes back for us. And those who have gone before, we're told in First Thessalonians, we're told this, that those who are in heaven that have been born again during the church age will come back with Jesus when he comes for us. They'll come back with him. Then they're gonna come back to the earth and they're going to receive in one split second a resurrection body just before we do. They will receive a resurrection by the moment they come up out of the ground and that dust and ashes is formed into a resurrection body, boom, we will be formed into a resurrection body. They will be taken from dust into a resurrection body. We will be taken from an old body into a new body just that quick. We will bypass the ground. We will bypass the dirt. We will bypass the burial. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, that's called the dead in Christ. And then we who are alive and remain on this earth, all together, we will receive a resurrection body and we will follow back with Jesus to heaven. He won't touch the earth. He will be in the air at that time when he does so then we will fly back to heaven with him and we'll go to stand before him in the throne of God. And we will there in heaven go through seven years of the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, again, is the time we will receive rewards for the deeds we have done in the flesh. And while we were here on this earth, the good things and the bad things that we didn't ask for forgiveness of, of the bad things, we'll still be held accountable for in heaven, but they'll be burned up. First Corinthians chapter three tells us that the deeds that we had there are called the uh, deeds we did in the flesh are simply called wood, hay, and stubble, and the fire will descend at that time and, and hit our works. And the good works are called gold, silver, and precious stones, and the works we did in the flesh as Christians... You know, we were out of fellowship with God, carnal, but we still went to church, gave offerings, acted spiritual. None of that counts if you're not in fellowship with God because a person in fellowship with God is called spiritual. A person outside of fellowship with God is called carnal. And you either produce works for the Lord in fellowship, out of fellowship, spiritual or carnal, but the carnal things out of fellowship with God will be burned up and the fire will descend. It'll all be burned up. It could be giving a big offerings, but you didn't do it out of the proper motive. You did it trying to get you know, back into fellowship with God, buy your way back in. And you as a Christian cannot buy your way back into fellowship with God any more than a sinner can buy his way into salvation. There's only one way that a person is born again by the simple blood of Jesus Christ. How do we come back into fellowship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ? We confess the Lordship of Jesus to be saved and we confess our sins as a Christian and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. But what's left over is the gold, silver, and precious stones. We'll be rewarded for that. And after the judgment seat of Christ, we will be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will get on a white horse. We will all get on white horses. And in Revelation 19, we will come back with him. And he will be out ahead of us coming back on a horse, white horse. We'll be coming back on white horses with him. And we'll be coming back as Revelation 19 says, as a bride adorned for her husband. We are not the bride yet but we will be fashioned into the bride through the time of the cleansing of the church. At that time, again, we will, come, we will be formed into the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that time, again, the deeds of the flesh will be burned up. We'll be coming back with him. You know, you've heard people use that expression, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. That's not the way the verse says. If Jesus isn't coming back until the church is without spot or wrinkle, he's never coming back. We're always gonna have spots and wrinkles. We'll be always getting sinners saved. We'll always be getting uh, Christians that are carnal back into fellowship with God or growing in the things of God. The scripture says he will present us to himself 
a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That will happen after the fire has come down, the wood, hay, and stubbles burn up, all that's left over is gold, silver, and precious stones. And at that moment, he will then present us to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Then we will be the bride of Christ. Then we will come back to the earth. And as Revelation 19 says, we'll be coming back with him as a bride adorned for her husband. Whoa, great things yet to come. Hebrews chapter two, let's again talk again here what these verses of scripture has to say. And in verses 10 through 13, this is where we left off at halftime when we went into the commercial time. And it says here in verse 10 through 13, it's fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. I want you to notice while Jesus was here, his life was perfected. Oh, he was already the son of God. He was already without sin, but he needed to be perfect in everything in his life. And that happened as he went through suffering. You're going to have to go through suffering, but God has guaranteed you many are the afflictions of the righteous. But if you depend on God, depend on his Holy Spirit and depend on his word, he will bring you through those. So again, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you out of them all. It goes on to say in the next verse, for both he who sanctifies, that is Jesus, Christ and those who are being sanctified, that's us, are all from one, God the Father. For which reason he, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the church, I will sing praise to you, that's to the Father. And again, I will put my trust in him, Jesus did. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given to me. Jesus is here declaring that he is in the midst of the church down here. And when we praise God, again, he inhabits the praises of his people. We will be with him one day in heaven. Here in our praise and worship in the earth, he identifies with us and said, listen, I'm touched by the feelings of your infirmities. What you're going through, I went through them too. And he's there as our great, again, uh, represented before God to come and take our problems to the Lord. And he's there again for us. But when we go to heaven then, and we'll have a resurrection body at that time, at that time, we will be with him in heaven and we will join him on this earth. When we praise him, he joins us. There's going to come a day when we're praising God in heaven. We will join Jesus Christ and we'll praise God forever and forever. It simply comes back to this. We were talking about just before the break, how much superior we are today, even in our natural life down here on this earth above angels. We do are not on the same level with angels by creation. By creation, we are lower than angels, but by position, we're higher. We stand in the same place Adam did. Adam by creation was just below the level of angels, but by authority and position was above the level of angels. This is further emphasized in the book of Hebrews, where it then quotes that verse of scripture in the eighth Psalm. And there it says again, that we have been made below the level of angels by creation. The word angelos there is referring to angels. But again, it goes on to say, but by position, uh, they we are superior to them. No angel sings to the Father from inside the church, but we do. In fact, we're told in the New Testament that when angels attend a church service, they, they actually desire to look into the things we do. 
So they don't praise God in the church. I mean, they praise God with us, but you know what? They, they don't understand what we're saying, understand, because it's New Testament revelation, which was a mystery in the Old Testament. No angel sings to the Father from inside the church. No angel is a brother to us or a member of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. No Old Testament saint sings to the Father from inside the church. No Old Testament saint is a brother of Jesus Christ, a sister of Jesus Christ, or a member of the church, just the church itself, which began on the day of Pentecost and will end at the rapture of the church. Adam was made complete by removal of a rib and the construction of the bride was given back to him later. During the time he slept, the bride was being made out of that rib. And on the day of Pentecost, God took a rib out of the church and begin to construct the Lord Jesus Christ's uh, bride. And so we in Jesus will finally become complete at the return of his constructed bride, taken from his side and given back to him at the judgment seat of Christ. All I can say is folks, we have a glorious future. You think our past has been great? You think our present today is great? Being a member of the church and of the body of Christ, being a member of the bride of Christ is gonna just eclipse all of this as we come back to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years on this earth and then forever after that, rule with him also over a recreated earth that will last forever and forever. Folks, the future looks great. Be sure and get a copy of my book, Theology Simplified. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.